Oh my God. So I have gone from one extreme to another (laughs) from being in Arizona dryness. I was suffering from severe dehydration just last week, um, which is why we did not do an episode last week. And it's the very first time that we've skipped a week of recording. So Yeah. Anyways, and now I'm in Costa Rica and it's humid. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's just the complete opposite of Arizona dryness. So that's where we are now. And I'm excited to take you guys along this journey with me, just living that nomad life currently, you know? Um, But I'm excited today because I don't know if you have caught wind, but Sarah Miller and I, I don't know if you know Sarah Miller. She's amazing. She's such a bright light. We've done a few episodes together on this podcast. I will link to them in the show notes if you want to learn more about Sarah. She's a mindset coach. She also has been living with type 1 diabetes for over 10 years, and we've teamed up and we've started this really cool thing where well, we're calling it Diabetes Uncensored, and we are live on Instagram every Wednesday. So Wednesday for me, and if you're Pacific time, because I feel like my time zones are changing all the time, but if you're Pacific time, it would be 5 p.m. on Wednesday, and then Sarah is in Australia, which is 9 a.m. on Thursday, her time. So depending on where you are in the world, but we're doing Instagram lives where we chat about the stuff that nobody likes to talk about diabetes related, but yet everybody goes through and we've gotten such great feedback from you guys. So I'm, we're going to start sharing them on our podcast. Sarah also has a podcast called Serendipity with Sarah Miller, and I'm going to share these fun chats that we've had on this podcast too. So it's going to be a weekly segment. I'm really excited about it, but if you want to watch the videos, you can head over to my Instagram at Taja Kato and you can watch the videos on there as well. They're kind of fun. So that's what this episode is all about today. So I hope you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, please do comment, leave us a review in the review section of this podcast. Let me know or let us know what your biggest takeaway is or what you enjoy most about either this fun episode, this newly segment that we're doing, or what you enjoy most about listening to this podcast. Your feedback really does mean the world. And when you do take the time to rate or review this podcast, you can rate the podcast by scrolling down on whichever app platform you're listening to this podcast on and tap the stars to rate the podcast. But when you take the time to do this, it helps to expand the reach of this podcast, which is really the only way that this podcast has reached as many people as it has. And it's beneficial for those people who would also benefit from listening to this content as well, because they'll be able to find the show. So thank you so much for your support. It really does mean the world. And before we dive into this fun episode today, I just wanted to let you guys know that I am doing a free training. It's happening real, real soon. There's going to be three trainings. The first two of them are scheduled for, if this, again, this is Pacific time, Friday, March 14th. I believe it's 4 p.m. Pacific time or Monday, March 22nd, 10 a.m. Pacific time. And the free training is the three key steps to losing fat with type 1 diabetes. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to be sharing 
all of the key things that you really need to know when it comes to successfully achieving and maintaining your weight loss goal with type 1 diabetes. It's a live training. So it's, it's going to be, I mean, I'm not going to be able to see you guys, so feel free to show up when, like, however, because <laughs> I can't see you, but it's going to be in real time. So it's going to be a really fun training. And because it is live, there's select, like there's going to be three days, but if you can't make the times that are listed, sign up anyways, because I will be sending out a limited time replay to those people who did register for the training but couldn't make it. So make sure to sign up regardless if you are interested in joining me for this training all about weight loss and type 1 diabetes. To join, just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash masterclass. I'm going to link to this in the show notes, but if you are listening to this episode in March 2021, then you may still have a chance to sign up and join me for this free live training. I would love to have you there. Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Hello. There we go. (laughs) We did it. it. I know. I was like, wait. (laughs) Technical issue free. Yes. Um, So I'm really excited to have you here. Yes, me too. Me too. Like we connected, was it a couple of months ago now over Instagram? And um, I came on your podcast, More Than Just a Type. And um, we just hit it off and we connected and we've been chatting ever since. And I guess we realized that we had so much in common, like when it comes to diabetes and just like how it's affected our life. And like, um, I know you just mentioned the limiting beliefs thing and, um, and that's what we're talking about today. And I guess we've had like a lot of laughs because we have actually experienced many of the same limiting beliefs, which are just... Some of them are just ridiculous when you think about it in hindsight. I know. And it's so crazy too, because I'm like, it's one of those things that, I mean, I'm sure everyone here can relate. It's like things that you think, but you don't really want to talk about because they're embarrassing. And so they literally just never get spoken of. And then even when you're going, I don't know about you, but when I was going through stuff, it's like. I didn't have anyone to talk to about them that would really understand. And I'm not going to talk to like my parents about them when I'm in high school going through these things. Right. So totally. Exactly. It like I, um, when, so I was diagnosed at 18. So I'd sort of like already established my friendship group and everything. And I didn't grow up around any diabetics. No one in my family had it. And so yeah, like I was experiencing all these like, um, well, all these new like scenarios in life and like trying to navigate, I guess, diabetes with going out clubbing and also dating and like, you know, having a sexual partner and everything, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, And yeah, I'm just like, is this normal? Like until I actually started connecting with diabetics on Instagram, I 
I thought I was totally alone in like some of those thoughts because exactly right. And even if you did talk to your parents about it or like another friend who hasn't experienced diabetes, they might be like, that's ridiculous. Like you're just being, you're being crazy. So yeah. when I, yeah, connected with you and we talked about like, well, you told me some of your limiting beliefs. I was like, oh my God, like I've experienced <laughs> exactly that. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's really so good to know. Yeah. And I've been, so yeah, I was diagnosed when I was nine. So, but same thing, like going through as part of our teens with diabetes, it's not, I mean, it's not easy at any age. And I think that no matter yeah. what, like there'll still be stuff that comes up, but what For do you sure. think like, when you think of your limiting beliefs, which one is the top one for you? Yeah. Okay. So one that has like always stood out to me and like always comes back to me. And like, I've done a lot of work to sort of like, I guess, um, to overcome it. And also like, I, I know it's not true, like deep down, but it's taken some work to really reach that place. Um, it was probably about five years ago and I was, I was single, I was dating, um, well, I was out on the dating scene, but there was this one guy that I was seeing um, ongoing and he said to me once that he would never reproduce with me because I have diabetes. I remember you um, said that. That's so nutty. I know. It's crazy. Like, one's so insensitive. Like, even yeah. if you are thinking it, dude, like, to say it is a whole other thing. But that then, like, you know, for me, it stemmed into this whole idea that, okay, I'll never have a family, I'm not lovable, I'm broken, people don't see me as being worthy of reproducing because I have diabetes. So that just opened up a whole can of worms, right? And it's like, it's the one that has sort of lingered with me for years. But now, I mean, after like going within and doing the work and I guess asking myself like, well, is that actually true? And it's like, well, maybe for him, but that's just one person and his experience. And I'm sure he's coming from a whole place of like baggage and limiting beliefs himself if he thinks that. So, and, but yeah, it was something that I really had to, um, to work on and overcome. And after, I, I guess since then, I've like dated a, a lot more people and that's really like helped me to overcome it as well. And I guess I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not actually true. That was just, that was him and his bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure, I wonder too, it makes me wonder like if people ever get into relationships where like there's that level of comfort and then they don't, you just kind of get stuck after a while sometimes, you know, like, and then yeah. if that kind of stuff is happening, I mean, I imagine that would like trample on your self-esteem a little bit and then sure. you know but yeah exactly and I also question myself as to like well why are you dating me then you know you obviously yeah. don't see a future here so that then brought up a whole bunch of um limiting beliefs in that area as well and it's like and definitely caused like friction in the relationship because I was like ah oh, okay we obviously have different intentions for where this is going you don't think I'm and it's also like, well, what, um, like, what do you, what are you getting from me then? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't even consider me worthy of having my own family, then yeah, what are you, what are you getting out of this dude? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, what about you? I know we've talked to, a, a, you know, exchanged a few like mm -hmm. dating stories and like sexual relationship stories yeah. and diabetes. 
For me, so when it comes to dating, I mean, there's just so many little ones that added up, but I think yeah. when, I mean, the very, I think, okay, so I'll start at my, the one limiting belief that like stands out the most, because I think it trickles into all the other ones. But when I was nine, and I think I told you this story, but I was on a ferry boat with my mom, like we were going to the city because I'm from a small town. So um, we had to take the ferry boat to get there and we're all eating lunch. And I remember feeling really excited and proud because for the first time I could actually give myself my own needles because my parents did it for a long time at the beginning. Um, and then, you know, when you're nine, you're, you just, no fucks given. You're just yeah. like, whatever. You, like, you don't even, you're not aware that people might be thinking negative things, right? So sure. I took my needle to inject for my meal. And this lady with her three kids was like sitting across from us and she saw me and she just completely lost it. Like she gasped in horror, grabbed her kids. She was like trying to like cover their eyes. And I think they even left their meal behind and she just left. And I remember thinking like, was it that because of me? Like, did I do something wrong? And so it was after that time that I started becoming super self-conscious and I wouldn't give myself needles in public. And that stayed with me until I think I was like 25, 26 years wow. old. Yeah. It turns around, right? It does. Right. Yeah. And then when it came to dating, it's like, I was so self-conscious of giving myself, like, I didn't want anyone to know I had diabetes. So I would wait, like we would sit down at a restaurant and then I wouldn't give myself insulin until maybe after the meal sometimes. Like if, cause I'd be like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom to give myself insulin, but how long is it going to take me? Do I have to check my blood sugar? Cause if it's going to take me too long, then that's going to be weird. He's going to be like, why are you in the bathroom for so long? It's just yeah so sometimes I just wouldn't oh, give myself insulin or I remember times when I would like stay at a guy's house and I would just not give myself my long acting because I was like there's yeah. no proper moment to like secretively do this right now or I, I would totally low. done that as well yeah totally. or I would go low and then it'd be the morning time. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, I cannot be like, go get food right now. This is not happening. So I would just ignore my lows, which yeah. is so bad, but yes. And that is yeah. so hard to do as well. Right. And you're like, yeah. I'm sure I look totally normal. You know, he's not going to like tell yes. it all. And it's like, that's the thing. We've got enough to think about like when we go out for a meal or when we go out and do anything, right? Because it's always like in the back of our mind, like what are our blood sugars doing? Like, do we have access to food or beverages or whatever we need if we do go too low? Yes. And then it's like on top of that, you're trying to like get to know someone like on a date yes. um, or do all sorts of other types of things. Like actually on that note, that just triggered something. <laughs> previous partner we were I guess you know engaging in sexual activities like yeah. this is a safe space right we're all adults yeah. here totally and, we're in, <laughs> and I was like okay I'm either getting close like this is feeling really good or I'm having a low oh my <laughs> god <laughs> like the feeling it was sort of that like I don't I mean I, I don't want to use the word euphoric feeling in relation to a low 
But you know when you're just sort of not fully in a low and you just start to feel this like wave come over you of like, okay, something's shifted in me now. Um, And so I actually had to like stop and be like, I need to check my blood sugars because I'm not sure right now. And he was like, he was super understanding. He was like, yeah, absolutely. Go, go, go. But I was like, wow, this is, yeah, this whole (laughs) diabetes thing is like... (laughs) That's an amazing that you said that too, because I've had moments like that in the past where mm. there was no way that I was going to just say, sorry, like I have to check my blood sugar. And I remember blacking it. Like I've blacked out at times when I was younger because I just refused. I'm like, there's no way that I can like, yeah, right for sure. And I guess that like, um, you know, what it's like, why do we feel like we can't speak up and why do we feel like we can't just say to someone like hey I'm having a low like that's sort of us not like respecting ourselves and our own body and like having enough self-worth to be like do you know what my health comes first and it's like I'm not even going to be able to continue this conversation with you if I drop into you know a, a serious low um and I guess like that was something that I really had to like overcome and realize because um, some things that would pop into my head when I wouldn't tell people that I was having a low, like this would happen to me a lot if I was at work, like mm-hmm. in the office or in like a work meeting, I would be like, okay, I know my blood sugars are low right now. I know I probably need to run out and grab a banana or something like that. But I didn't want my boss to think I wasn't reliable. I didn't want people to think I was needy. I didn't want people to think that I couldn't do my job. And so I would just sort of sit there and suffer. Yeah. And- it's like in hindsight, I'm like, that is crazy. Like who in their right mind is going to say, no, you're there's some, you're needy or you can't do this job properly if you um, are running out to treat a low. It's like, but you know what? And even if they do, again, that is some serious shit that's going on with them because that is just not like obviously a very considerate person. Yeah. Um, and I think, but at the same time, I think it comes like, people who haven't experienced diabetes themselves or haven't had a close person to them experience diabetes, I don't think they know or fully understand. I mean, how can they, what it actually feels like? Mm -hmm. So they probably have all these stereotypical ideas around like what diabetes is and how it probably feels. And especially because it's such an invisible um, disease, like you can't see it on the outside. um, People just think, oh, they're fine. But yeah. it's like inside there's this whole other like kettle of fish going on. So totally. But yeah. And I, I remember, mean, sorry, I remember um, on the job note, like I got my first job when I was 16 years old. And I remember having to stash juice boxes like in the back. I worked at a tanning salon. And I remember oh, telling the owner when I got hired that I was, or I don't know if I did or if my mom did, like someone told him and he was like, well, do I need to worry about it? Like, and I'm just like, no, no, it's like no one, he didn't really know. He's like, I, I don't know. Like, is this going to be okay? <laughs> like, can you take care of yourself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, like, I used to take offense to that because I was like, of course I can take care of myself. Like, but at the same time, I think like me reacting in that way was actually me being like, trying to convince myself, no, I'm not needy. But it's like, do you know what? Realistically, we do have needs that other people without diabetes uh, don't have. So 
it's yeah it's crazy how our brain just plays like little tricks on these things but I'd love to hear like more about how you have overcome some of these things like how you've worked through them over the years um because like that injection one it's like that stays with you for such a long time and it's like it it doesn't really just drop away or at least not in my experience like I've had to really actively train my brain and train my mindset to be like do you know what that's actually not true and that is maybe coming from a different place that has nothing to do with me um but yeah like I'd love to hear what like how you've worked through some of yours yeah for me it was this community online has been such a huge help and I didn't realize it until I found it right like I for so long I was like oh I accept diabetes it's totally fine but it wasn't until I came across the Instagram community that I was like maybe I haven't because I still was not okay with wearing anything attached to my body like I didn't get a CGM or anything because I was so worried about what people would think about me and that it would be just this undesirable thing or like you know that would make me weird yeah. and I think I'm like a <laughs> yeah and I think it all goes back to just being like feeling a lot of shame around even having to show it you know like inject yeah. um so I think in regards to that like the community has been huge and then also mm. the more I think the older that I get the more confident I am with just not just myself but like how I'm managing diabetes because I've spent like before but like my early 20s teens I just didn't really care it wasn't the forefront of everything I was doing I tried to hide it and then as soon as I started making an effort to get to know diabetes and like how it was affecting me it was that awareness and knowledge that helped me just have confidence so I'm like you know what I need to do this right now for me and like I I feel I don't know it's like I don't know if you've experienced a time in your life when your blood sugars are just not I mean we all have experienced days like that but like if you're not paying attention and you're so used to running high or or low you Mm -hmm. don't know what it feels like to feel normal and then as soon as you like get to know what it's like to have more energy and feel good. It's like, you don't want to go back into that. No, (laughs) exactly. Like for me, brain fog has been a big one. Like it's been a big like symptom and it's like, I get really like self-conscious about it as well. Like, you know, I could be mid sentence and be like, I've totally lost my train of thought. Like, Mm -hmm. and especially if my blood sugars have been running high for a little while. And, um, so, and you know what, I've just lost my train of thought now. (laughs) Like, is your blood sugar high? Yeah. Oh, I should probably go check it. But that's the thing. See, I probably just like implanted that idea in my own head and then tripped myself up. Um, but yeah, like I, I know what you mean. It's like, um, you do get used to the feeling. And for me, um, so I was, I think there's actually a few like questions coming through about the pump. Um, I was, I didn't go on the pump as well for like about eight years after my diagnosis. It was something I was aware of that was out there. I didn't know a whole lot about it because I was just like, "Mm, no, I I don't like this idea of being attached to something. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like you, you know, it's like that idea of having a machine attached to you. Like, 
in fact, and I've had, used to have so many people come up to me. I was in New York once actually, and um, I was playing basketball with these little kids who were probably about the age of nine. Yeah. And one of them went up to my partner who I was with and said, yo, is she a cop? Oh my gosh. <laughs> because of my insulin pump. That's so um, funny. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like, I guess it's, People just don't, they're just not aware. It's like, I love that you mentioned awareness because I think that's so key. And especially with like the limiting belief side of things, it's like sometimes we don't even know why we're feeling a certain way or why we're reacting to a situation in a certain way. Or for me, I used to be very reactive when people would ask me questions about diabetes or the pump or anything like that, because I still had all that like negative self-talk going on in my head. And so it was very triggering for me. And I would sort of just respond with, do you know what? I'm so done with explaining myself. I'm so done with like trying to crush these stereotypes. Like just go Google it for yourself. Yeah. Um, and then someone brought it to my attention and said, well, actually, Sarah, like every time someone asks you a question about it, it's like there's an opportunity to raise awareness and to actually set the record straight rather than just letting them go on thinking that stereotype. And I was like, that shifted so much for me. And I think... A lot, like same with the community, like putting myself out there on Instagram because on my personal page, I would never post anything to do with diabetes. Like for such yes. a long time, I was like, no, like this is a part of me that I don't feel like I need to share with the world, but I just wasn't ready. And then as I started to, I actually did a lot of work like with my own sort of like energy healers and coaches around like some of my limiting beliefs around diabetes. And that helped me immensely as well. And then also like me just doing a lot of like internal work and like starting to, um, you know, build up that confidence and get to know myself better and be able to go, okay, is that actually true? Or is that a narrative that I've created in my head? And then if I do believe it's true, what evidence do I actually have to back that up? And when I started bringing that question in as well, it's like, yeah, do you know what? I, I think I've just created this limiting belief in my head. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Awareness is key. Community is so key as well. Um, and after I started working through some of those limiting beliefs, I was like, okay. And I started connecting with the community. I realized that a lot of other people out there have common limiting beliefs as we've discussed today. And now I want to help them to work through that as well. Um, especially like a, there's so much fear around those complications. Cause I guess mm -hmm. like, a question I ask myself as well, it's like, where did these limit, where did some of these limiting beliefs come from? And it's like, yes, they could come from experiences, but they can also come from like conditioning and the misinformation that's out there, like from, um, you know, our endocrinologist. It's like they're only taking this one perspective um, on this illness and sort of like instilling that fear in us around um, the potential complications, which might not even occur. Mm -hmm. So again, that question is like, is it true? Or is this a narrative I've created myself or picked up from somewhere else? And um, someone, another diabetic friend, she actually says diabetes, well-controlled diabetes is the leading cause of nothing. Oh, I love that. I love that. I know. Isn't it so great? <laughs> so good. It's like you are looking after yourself and you're paying attention to the foods you're putting in your body and how you're moving your body and how you're looking after your mindset. You should be okay. So that fear that's being created or instilled in us through, um, I mean, actually, when I go to America, um, the advertisements on TV, 
like about diabetes, it's like this could lead to this, heart disease, and this could lead to this. And it's like, whoa, this is so dire. And they go for about eight minutes long. Yeah. What is up with that? <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's And the other, it's crazy because their diabetes is such, I mean, not just type one, but like diabetes itself is such a common thing. Like even type one now compared to when I was growing up, I feel like more people kind of know about it. Like they still don't know the details, but they've heard of it, you know? For sure. There's now like type three as well, I think. And like, yes, there's so many, so many, but it's like, I mean, I don't know. I have other thoughts around that, which is probably a whole other Instagram live together. Yeah. Um, just around like nutrition and stuff. In fact, like, yeah, we should touch on that another time. If, if people yeah. like this. Cause there's so many like with food and just thinking that you can't eat certain things or people saying that you can't. And then, I mean, I don't do you, in Australia, do they have, those pamphlets that the nutritionists give you because they don't have this in the states but growing up in Canada they had it where it'd be little pamphlets of like the different carbs and like low glycemic food and what you can eat and what you can't eat and I don't yeah. know yeah actually I wish I had it nearby because I actually took one of the pamphlets away from like one of my endocrinology appointments yeah. because I was so shocked it was something from like I don't know, this is not the exact year, but I want to say like 1952 or something because it had like three sections. It had good, better, best. And yeah. literally in the good section and the better section, it had things like white bread, bagels, cocoa pops, rice bubbles, raisin toast. And I was just absolutely shocked and appalled because yeah. it, that information is still sitting in a waiting room at an appointment for diabetics and they see that and they see that it says, oh, these are good foods to eat for your diabetes and these are better foods to eat for your diabetes. That is misinformation. That is so not true. And I guess um, that's why I'm so passionate and like decided that I need to actually put information out there to, you know, break some of these myths because mm -hmm. if, you know, you're, if you're walking away from an appointment thinking that that's okay, what are you going to go do? You're going to go eat those things which are going to have an impact on your blood sugars and your overall health and wellness. So, yeah. And um, contribute to the brain fog and like everything. Yes. It's such exactly. a, it's one of those weird things where it's, I feel like there's that fine line between saying like, you can eat whatever you want, go live your life. Like diabetes does not limit you, which is all true. But then it's also true that like, sometimes maybe other things are going to be better, you know, like sometimes maybe this would be a better option. Mm -hmm. But, and then I've had both medical teams cause I've, I've been through so many doctors <laughs> and I used to have people tell me like, this is a list of things you can eat. This is what you can't eat. And then I've had doctors say like, you can eat whatever you want. Just give yourself enough insulin, which is all true, yeah. but like in certain situations or times, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, I've heard the same things as well, like the low GI approach, but you can eat whatever you want as long as you're bolusing right. Um, and it's like the thing about that is it's like, yeah, sure. Like as long as I get that bolus right, it's going to keep my blood sugars down. But what else is that food doing to my body? You know, <laughs> what else is like 
that ice cream doing to my body or that cheese or, or whatever, you know, and, and, and I'm not on here to like tell anybody that they're doing it wrong. Um, I can only speak from my own experience, but like also do your own research, you know, like, because there's so much, so many other organs, so much, other, you know, so much other stuff that our body is doing and we need to be nourishing that, not just our blood sugar levels that we see on paper. Yeah, totally. And yeah. on, in terms of food too, um, what was I going to say? There is a limiting belief specifically about food <laughs> that I was going to talk about, but if maybe people, if whoever is here and if you guys want to share like some of your limiting beliefs, um, that would be cool. Cause I'm sure that we all share a lot, you know, like there's just so many, um, but yeah, I think Derek has some limiting beliefs. Who? Derek? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was, let me look here. Yeah, there's so, I feel like there's just so many. Um, oh. Actually, and- there's one great one that came through from Darcy, I think. My boss once told me off for listening to music at work when it was my pump. And then had to get other people involved to explain what diabetes was. Oh, that's such a good one. I can relate to that in a different way. But mine is more so like I remember sitting in class in school and having to pull out my meter and then the teacher getting mad at me or like going somewhere and then people not understanding what my meter, my glucose meter was, and then being like, you can't use that. And then getting, it was just like really confrontational and I'm not a confrontational person. So that was like, not, I, then that just made me hide it even more. Cause I'm like, diabetes is not accepted at all. Like I cannot. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Or there's just not enough like information out there for people to be like, to recognize what your meter actually is. Like I I often like get people mistaking it for a phone and people will be like, no phones here. And I'm like, I'm just checking my blood sugar. Um, But yeah, a lot of people are asking about um, the pump. I'm not actually on the pump um, anymore. I only was on it for two years, but um, I recently trialed the Freestyle Libre, which I really loved. Because I like the continuous glucose uh, monitoring, but the pump, I was just a little bit over it. What about I, you? you? I'm using the pump. I, I feel like I switched back and forth, but I'm using yeah. the pump right now. And I like it because with the, tan- I don't know if anyone uses the tandem pump, but it works with Dexcom. So like it will suspend all basal when my blood sugar is dropping um so good so i save a lot of glucose tablets and if i'm going to exercise i don't have to be so meticulous on planning ahead of time because i can i still have to plan ahead of time but i have the opportunity to adjust my basal rates according to what i'm doing um jennifer says someone once yelled at me that bill gates is controlling me because she saw my (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh my oh my goodness honestly jennifer and jennifer what did you say back to them like how did that make you feel rachel like all technology (laughs) comes from microsoft (laughs) right Um, i heard it was on instagram i don't know if it was i can't remember if it was one of my posts but someone said that 
um, recently someone thought their insulin pump was the new COVID vaccine. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. Seriously. It's just, it's crazy. Like people just, I think when people just throw these ideas out there as well, they don't actually consider how it might make someone feel, you mm-hmm. know? So I think it's so important to like actually ask the question, like, rather than just being like throwing things out there, like, you know, Bill Gates is controlling you. It could be like, hey, what is that that you're wearing? But yeah. people are just super reactive. Um, yeah. Darcy's got another one. A lot of teachers will misunderstand often taking my phone, which is connected to my CGM. Yeah, I guess yes. that's another thing, right? Like when these CGMs are connected to your phone. And oh. see, it's all of those things plus like because – I would go traveling a lot when I was a kid and being held up, um, going across, like going through security in foreign Mm -hmm. countries and like not speaking the language. And then people just not understanding. Like, I remember like it was sometimes it would take half an hour to actually get through because they'd be holding my needles up and just, I'm like, I don't know. Totally. (laughs) Or like going somewhere to a concert and having to have like a juice box in my purse and then security's like you can't have this but I'm like I need it and they're like but you don't and I'm like but yeah. I and it's like, like no one what understands drugs and alcohol have you got in there <laughs> yeah I would literally have to have like my I would have like my whole plan I'm like okay this is what I'm gonna say I'll show them my meter but they're not gonna know what it is because it's still I mean I don't know if people still go through that now but yeah that's how it was back in the day <laughs> totally and yeah I'm same with me like I've been pulled up at the airport so many times because like my bag will go through the scanner and they're like what are all these sharp objects in there and then they'll pull me aside and go through it um I can't remember where I was traveling to but I actually I think I was going away for like over a month so I had to pack a bunch of insulin and I had to have my diabetes doctor actually write a letter to get me through security and also, um, I think, it, yeah, my pump wasn't actually allowed to go through the... Like um, the scanner, the body scanner? Yeah, yeah, the conveyor belt thingy. And so, um, yeah, they get, like, really weird about, like, you handing them this device, like, in security uh-huh. and then people passing it around. Like, but do you know what? That comes from such a place of fear among society, right? And it's like, I mean, obviously there's been a lot that's happened in the world to create fear in um, the security of an airport. But it's like, yeah, there should be there should be a sign or something at the security desk that says, hey, if anyone has this device, they are all good. Yeah. You know? And I think people are saying notes are good, which, yeah, totally right. Because now I do travel with a note, but um, I had to translate it into Spanish for when I go to visit my mom. Because they, oh. they're so chill in Costa Rica, but like in other yeah. places, it's just yeah. I think all that anxiety from back in the day, like still sometimes not as much now because in like going through LAX, maybe because it's such a popular airport. But yeah. when I go through LAX, I show my pump and people know what it is. But in other places, it's a little bit awkward (laughs) (laughs) totally um I feel like we could just talk all day I know I like this (laughs) I know we're gonna we actually planned a 20 minute limit guys yeah (laughs) we've totally gone over that but I don't even know what time it is (laughs) um let's do it again yeah let's totally plan another one of these and we can even um 
we could like ask people's limiting beliefs that they've had too, and just talk about all of them. Cause I'm sure there's ones that people have had, and I would love to know that I haven't experienced, or maybe that I haven't even thought about. Cause I feel like we're all so different with our experiences. So it'd be so cool to like have a combo and hear what everyone else has experienced or is experiencing. Definitely. I mean, maybe we could like read them out and even give some advice, like mm-hmm. if people are interested in that or um, let us know, guys. Yeah. Thanks so and much for joining everyone. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, and on that note, too, Sarah and I did a podcast episode together that um, will be out this Thursday. What date is that? This yeah. 18th? 18th or 19th for you would be Friday. So I'm going to yes. put on more than just a type. And you interviewed me on one limiting belief that I had currently. So, yes. um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. It was a current limiting belief of mine that you busted through and helped me overcome. <laughs> so <laughs> just, brought, just brought a different perspective or a little bit more clarity around it. But yeah, that, that was powerful. Like, thank you so much for being so vulnerable as well and, like, being so open to share that limiting belief and to actually allow me to unpack it and go deep. So I'm so excited to hear that episode back as well. So this week, is it? It's going to be, yeah, Thursday. Yay! Awesome! Yeah. And I would definitely have you on um, my podcast soon as well. And Mm -hmm. we can talk more about, like, the exercise and movement side of things because that is totally your jam. You're an expert at that. So, but, yeah, let's do these lives again. I know. Thumbs up. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining. It's so amazing to connect with everyone. I'm just, like, going back. I want to make sure that (laughs) got everyone. Um, All right. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Um, And we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks, Tosh. Thank you so much. Bye, Sarah. Have a good day. I know you're just starting. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay, bye, you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I love you so much. I hope this was a fun episode for you to listen to. And again, one last time, if you did enjoy it, please take a second to leave me a quick review. Let me know what you enjoyed most. Or at the very least, be sure to subscribe to this podcast because that way you won't miss out on all of our weekly episodes that we have coming. All right. I'll talk to you very soon. Bye for now.